0: Opponents to Christianity have declared that God is a racist, deranged, homicidal maniac. Is that true? Stay with us on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Inverse.
0: The book of Deuteronomy talks about the Canaanites, and God instructs the Israelites to wipe them out. On this episode, we're looking at what do we do with the Canaanites. Thanks for joining us. In the studio, we have our Inverse team. My name is Justin Kim, and we are studying the book of Deuteronomy. In our study, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, and you can follow along with us. We want to encourage you also to take out your Bibles and read, because we're going to read from chapter 7 of Deuteronomy. But before we do so, Israel, can you pray for us?
2: Yeah. Father in heaven, we want to pause for a moment and ask you to be with us at this time as we study the book of Deuteronomy, and we deal with the topic of the Canaanites. We pray that you give us wisdom, understanding, and most importantly, a desire to follow you always. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Jonathan chapter 7 of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. uh, verse 1 through 11. It is a longer section, but it gives sure. us proper context. There are some difficult words in there, uh, but uh, as, <laughs> as we all, let's try to trudge through some of the pronunciation there. <laughs> Sounds good.
3: Deuteronomy 7, verse 1 when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than you and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them you shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them nor shall you make marriages with them you shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, and break down their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images, and burn their carved images with fire. "'For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. "'The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, "'a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. "'The Lord did not set his love on you, "'nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people, "'for you were the least of all peoples. "'But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath "'which he swore swore to your fathers, "'the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand "'and redeemed you from the house of bondage, "'from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt.'" "'Therefore, know that the Lord your God, "'he is God, the faithful God, "'who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations "'with those who love him and keep his commandments. "'And he repays those who hate him to their face "'to destroy them. "'He will not be slack with him who hates him. "'He will repay him to his face.'" Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you today to observe
0: them. Alright, so we've looked at a couple episodes on the grace of God and the relationship with God, but there are some passages where it seems like God is pretty intense. Yes? Right. Sebastian, have you heard this uh, argument before? And maybe some with some, some popular atheists out there who do declare that God is, you know, He condones the Holocaust, He is misogynistic, mm-hmm. that He 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 promotes infant infant side and (laughs) uh, parenticide and you know pesticide, like all the sides out there. Like, Mm.
4: what do you say to all that? Well, I I think we we have to always start with context is what matters the most. You know, a lot of times when we read the Bible and we just see things look superficially similar, but they're Mm -hmm. fundamentally the same. Mm -hmm. Right. This is not a crazy dictator saying, you know, these people are we're going to scapegoat them. And basically they're the reason why we're heading into this economic downturn. So we need to remove them. They can not own businesses, put them you know, into terrible living conditions, et cetera, et cetera. We know the rest of the story. Mm. Or whether you go to Cambodia, what happened there, or Rwanda, or different places where these types of things have taken place, it was not the same context, right, in terms of what was happening. Mm. So I think the first thing is always to understand context. The second thing to always keep in mind is that what we read in Deuteronomy is not a result of Deuteronomy, right? What we're finding in chapter seven is a result of the previous four books, right, and the time that God has persisted with these other nations. Mm -hmm. And so I think these two things providing context and understanding the timeline of how we got here. And we go back to, you know, Genesis, Abraham says, is trying to go into the land and God says, well, the cup of the Amorites is not yet full yet. So we see that Abraham was in the land, but God was unwilling to give it to him because their iniquity, their sinfulness had not arisen to a level Mm -hmm. where God was ready to execute that judgment. And here we are hundreds Mm -hmm. of years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in actuality, the very thing they look at as to... See God as misogynistic, infanticide, et cetera, et cetera, is actually an expression of His grace and mercy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so you emphasize the context here. And Jonathan, tease that out a bit more. How do we understand this? Does God mm-hmm. have favorites amongst amongst the people, the nations of the world? Well, we have to understand that God, you know, the New Testament
3: informs us very clearly that God loves all human beings. That's mm-hmm. why He came to save through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it also says in the Old Testament. And He does well. say in the yes. Old Testament as uh, well. Through Abraham, through you all. All nations, nations will be blessed. Yes. Exactly. And through the stories we see that God's intention is that everyone should be saved. Mm-hmm. So God is kind of like faced with a challenge. He's faced with humanity like a doctor is faced with someone who has, you know, lots of tumors and cancer all over his body. Mm. So what what do you do with this utterly sick individual, this utterly sick world? Mm. And so uh, some cancers, you know, are are benign, some are really, really terrible, right? Yeah. And so God here in this situation, in this context, in this story, he's listing a couple of uh, groups, people groups, where it's gotten really bad. Mm-hmm. Things have gotten really bad. They were not always bad, but they have developed to a point where you have you have to do something now. Like, mm-hmm. like just like in medicine, you have to cut out, you know, you have to have a surgery, because if you don't, it's going to affect everyone else. Yep. And so here God was now faced with this choice after long years of tr- treatment, trying to reach these people through the story of the Israelites. And, you know, th- th- these people were aware of what was going on. right? And so he there, there comes a point where you have to cut out what is destroying everyone else. Otherwise, it, there's no more chance for anyone else. So so right. God had, had to make a decision. It was a decision of based on grace and much work with them. Um, but now there comes a point where, you know, the cup of iniquity is full. Mm-hmm. And to, to your question about does God have favorites, um, it does. It does look like it a little bit. He says, you know, you are above all people, but it's not so much. that it says, you know, you have more value to me than these individuals. He says, you are actually the, you are the lowest of right all. The right? yeah. But I, I, because of your decision to trust in me, you are you become the apple of my eye. Mm-hmm. But everyone who makes a decision, everyone is invited to that, mm-hmm. would will can have this standing before God, mm-hmm. because not because of what they. You know what their merit, what they are doing. It is because they accept the invitation mm-hmm. that God is
0: offering. Well, I appreciate that that the value is the same, yes. but the role is different. Yes, mm-hmm. and we find that all throughout Scripture, a variety of parties, but mm-hmm. yep. the value imposed upon the two or three or whatever is always the same. Yeah. But they have different responsibilities, different roles, different right. expectations, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and Israel was to bless all these nations, mm-hmm. and in many ways, Israel messed up even more than the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there is that for that.
2: Israel. There's a couple of things in following up with what Jonathan was saying. When it comes to the destruction of those nations and how God is so, uh, you know, it, it seems hard on the nations and not only that but on what it what he's what he's asking israel to do to those nations it's not like he himself is wiping them out but he's saying i want you to wipe them out right mm-hmm. i think it also shows the gravity of god's perspective of uh how he wants to put in our minds this need that we cannot afford to ever compromise. We live in a in a society where little compromise is okay. I mean, if you just think about where society has gone today from where it was even before, it just hmm. more and more society is leaning towards uh, the need for compromise, right? We compromise in politics, we compromise in religion. We com- all of these different things, like if, if you would have just thought about this, even in the 1800s to hmm. compromise, even with marrying someone of a different faith, it, these things just would never, ever, ever exist. Right. But the human tendency is always towards compromise. And God here has to make a very clear distinction, a clear and a forceful point. We could never afford. To compromise? Why? Because this is ultimately what happens, right? The the Canaanites and all these other ites. What has happened up to this point in history is that not only are they doing all of these evil things, right? The the killing of children, um, but but there, there's all they're doing all of these things also within the context of religion, mm. right? There's there's um, you know all the sexual intercourses that are taking place with priests and priestess and whatever, the the sacrificing of the children is in the name of God. Why did they get to that point? We got to that point because of compromise. And so now God says, this is the end point of compromise. Mm-hmm. This is what the end of compromise looks like. And so we ultimately have to trust the wisdom of God and how he deals with mm-hmm. the problem of sin. And as horrible as it is, it's not God is not the only one to be blamed, right? Mm-hmm. They got to that point in some way, shape, or form yes. because of compromise. And so God is trying to prevent that.
4: You know, and, and it is even to to sort of flip the coin over, you have the compromise with the principles, but then you also have the compromise in terms of your conception of God, right? Their concept of religion is what was driving it, right? It's not like the Canaanites were like, well, we're just going to sacrifice children because we're just sadistic, right? We just want to, it's because they believed that that's how they came into favor with a God, Mm -hmm. right? And their perception of God is what was driving such wicked practices. And so when you think about the What you're talking about like that constant compromise Mm -hmm. is constantly resulting from this misconception of who he is, which is why he's like, get rid of this religion, Mm -hmm. get rid of the altars, get rid of all of this, Mm -hmm. because it's going to start changing your perception of me, Mm -hmm. which is going to lead you down the same road of compromise in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I really
3: like uh, in verse 10, God gives us a principle. He says, "...and He, God, repays those who hate Him to their face." to destroy them. He will not be slack with them who hates him. He will repay him to his face. I think this is actually really powerful because what we see here is that God is saying, we see there's a repayment. What does that mean? That means you are getting what you asked for. Mm-hmm. By God's grace, it has not happened because he's holding back because he's giving him a chance to say, you know, we're going to change our ways. We, won't, we, we don't want to do this anymore. And then he says he will do it to his face, meaning God's not going to hide be some, you know, behind somewhere and just going to you know, zap them. He is mm-hmm. going to do this very clearly, he, fairly, yeah. transparently, because he, in the, in the judgment process, you know, uh, you mm-hmm. know there, there is uh, accountability and there will be a point where you can't you can't cross this line. Mm-hmm. And God right. is going to say, I will do this and I will do this in a fair way and you will see, you know, why I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. he's very transparent about his process mm-hmm. and he's very much willing um, you know to hold back as long as he can for them to 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 make up their mind and make a decision for him. We
2: can't make we can't make any mistake about the fact that even atheists have a perspective of god. Yes. Everyone's got a perspective of god. And so we can't separate god from society, from life, from the world. Whatever we do whether it's in the name of atheism or outside of religion or secular or societal, will ultimately impact everyone's perspective of God, whether you're religious or not religious. Mm -hmm. And so you can't separate life from God. Mm -hmm. You can't separate society from God.
0: We'll take a break here. I'm Justin Kim. This is Inverse. We'll see you after the break.
1: Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there... Join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is inversebible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: Welcome back to Israel speaking about how everyone has a perspective, whether you're atheist or theist, we all have a certain interpretation of Scripture. So, we can't bifurcate God away from society, God is here. It's very interesting that even atheists have to acknowledge that presupposition mm-hmm. to make that argument. Yeah. So, uh, Israel, uh, share more, yeah. f- more well, with
2: us. We've gotten to the point in society today where, where where we try to separate or we try to pin on God all all of these evil things that have happened, Mm -hmm. right? But yet if God doesn't do anything to solve the evil problems, then why doesn't God solve the evil problems? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you have this situation where God is pinned up against the wall. Why does this happen? It happens because it's impossible for us to separate God from society. And that's what I mean by even atheists have a perception of God, Mm -hmm. a perspective of God. And so if God doesn't act here in destroying the different nations that have ruined his name intentionally, unintentionally, from religious perspective or from a secular perspective, Mm -hmm. if God doesn't act, then either way he loses. And so ultimately, this is what also makes God awesome and makes him who he is. The fact that he doesn't necessarily act when we want him to act, act how he want, how we want him to act, right. but he ultimately acts based on who he is, which is his eternal wisdom, mm-hmm. his eternal power, and which, by the way, require self control, right? Yep. And also his eternal love for his people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, um, it, this is really powerful to think about. Uh, also, in the in the greater perspective of the great controversy that's going on between Satan and Christ uh, throughout all of human history. Uh, you know, you you what we see here is that you know. God has every right to intervene and to interact with humanity. He is the creator of the world. Mm-hmm. He is allowed to do whatever He wants. The good thing is He's only motivated by love and, and righteous principles, right? But He now interacts with humanity at a, at a very low point uh, for these, you know, the, all the ites, the Canaanites and so on. And He's saying, um, no more. No more. You have crossed a line, and my people, who have chosen to follow my name and uplift the truth about who I am, need a. You know, they they are supposed to live here. They they need a place where they can glorify me, and the things that you are doing. And even though, again, he has given him hundreds of years, but the things that you are doing are so misrepresenting what God is and mm. what He wants um, that. It cannot continue. It is too much. Mm-hmm. And so from the perspective of the great controversy here, God is really showing us and the Israelites in those days, uh, ultimately it's, it's a, like a microcosm version of what will ha- happen in the end. Because in the end, when we look at the book of Revelation and even throughout the whole Bible, right. we will see there will be a judgment process. There is a judgment yes. process taking place and there will be eventually a destruction Of the wicked, but that destruction does not happen until it is in in their face, very clearly laid out, transparently, why someone is lost, why someone is saved, Mm. and it will show very clearly that every individual had enough chance to make a decision for God, which is what we see through the narratives here in the Old Testament times that all these um, people. They had opportunities mm-hmm. to make a decision for God. And some did. And mm-hmm. that's the beautiful part.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. Yeah. I, w- I wonder, while you were talking, I thought of, I think it's worthwhile going to Genesis 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Sebastian did quote it in passing, but I, we do want to mention it and read it out loud here. Mm-hmm. Genesis 15, 16. But in the fourth generation, they, sh- they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Mm-hmm. We really see that there's an element of time here mm-hmm. and God's justice and God's mercy, which are these two, uh, we, we keep referring to this and really based almost in every every episode of here in inverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, the, the temptation is to unbalance these, put them out of, out, off kilter. Mm-hmm. And God re- needs in a sense time for these mm-hmm. things to play themselves out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, we don't, the Bible does not really refer to all the evils of these of the ites. Yeah, um, we do have some some insights into archaeology, some of the records of some of these most perverse things. Uh, there, a lot of uh, sexual immorality mm-hmm. with children, animals, male, female, weird uh, combinations of all of the above. Yeah. Uh, and then put into a cultic kind of ritual format, yeah. and then it's just a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and it takes four hundred years of that, and and all the permutations and all the effects, and you're saying here and mm-hmm. I really appreciate that in the great controversy that all the what if questions will be answered yes right there are unfallen worlds according to Hebrews chapter one and someone will say well what's so wrong with you know X Y or Z and well God said well that happened in 49 BC in this, this country <laughs> well what if it was between you know this and this and this person in this kind mm-hmm. well it actually happened 4000 BC in this other area right. so every instance will have a historical record and we see time playing itself yes. out and all the unfallen worlds will say oh well that Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And
4: it it, it also drives God's point home Mm -hmm. through the length of time that... If we give a person who is committed in their hearts to doing wickedness more time, they're just going to get more wicked. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Because he, he's point. actually validating his whole point. Yes. Yes. Which a lot of us would say, if God acted quickly, mm-hmm. we would say, well, yeah, you should have gave the person more time or give him a chance to accept the gospel, right. leading to the mm-hmm. end of Revelation, right, and judgment. Yeah. Saying, well, yes. that's it. Time is up. You know, boom. I'm taking over the affairs of the world. Often that that aspect of injustice mm-hmm. is not
0: uh, uh, an attack on God's. Um, action but on his timing of stuff right it's timing mm-hmm. and uh and, and and faith requires that same amount of timing mm-hmm. right yes. it, it develops yeah. or
4: weakens it depending on what you're what you're and that, and, and that's why i think even as people look at the the fury that they feel about social injustice mm-hmm. issues and like oh time is this is time to change this needs mm-hmm. to change in society for women for children mm-hmm. for minorities whatever at the end of the day, right, they're saying we want it on our time, Mm -hmm. right? We want it now, we want it in this situation, When God is saying, this is the wisdom that I've exercised in the same way when dealing with injustices mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, earth. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. There's an interesting uh, correlation between this cup of iniquity, this kind of like time's running out, uh, and, and the revelation of God. Yes. So what we see is, you know, uh, and we see this in the story of, you know, in the book of Joshua, when the people of Israel, the Israelites came to, you know, Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rahab, uh, one of the people in Jericho who's supposed to be wiped out, she said, you know we have heard of everything that your God has done. This is 40 years ago, Mm -hmm. right? And the Kings are afraid. Everyone's afraid. We all know the stories. When wickedness persists and continues in the light of God's clear revelation, you are ripening up the process much quicker. It's like, Mm. it's just, it's an accelerator Mm -hmm. because you are rebelling undeniable reality of God on the truth. And so God would have given them more time if you could have, Mm. but they had, you know, as the book of Revelation says, they were wicked still. They, they, they have made up their mind. And what more could he reveal? What right. more could he do? But Rahab, she heard those stories, and she's like, "This is the truth, This is the truth. Yeah. yeah, I want
0: that." And she was saved. And she was right. given an opportunity. Yes. Her racial uh, composition had no. Uh, no. It was not a yeah. recipe, and all this whatsoever. And the beautiful thing about that, of course,
3: is that that Rahab comes the into the is yeah is, is it comes Christ. into the lineage of Christ. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which shows us that God cares about all, even the Canaanites, and He gave them opportunities. Yes. But for us, the practical lesson I take from this is, you know, we have a clear revelation of God in the Word of God. We have a clear revelation of God in our experience with Him. Why are we persisting in our evil? Why are we holding on to the sins? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just see the beauty of His character and say, you know, Lord, no more. Take away. We, we looked at it in previous lessons. Like, you take control and, and, and make in me a new heart, give me a new heart and a new life and help me to be following amen, you. Amen, will. amen,
2: amen. There's, there's the same motivation. This is the interesting thing about the situation is that the same motivation... Mm-hmm. The, the, God has one motivation. It's the same motivation that allows Him to invest so much in Israel and at the same time wipe out the Canaanites. One thing. And that is... The representation of his character Mm -hmm. because he wants his and he needs his character to be represented in this world. He invests everything, spares not 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 the smallest gift is spared in in preparing Israel to be his representative, Mm. a, a representative of his character, gives them whatever they need. I mean, it, it, you know, what you, Israel <laughs> yeah, yeah, could not yeah. say, like, we lack something. Right. 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 Uh, he took them from being the, the worst of all nations to making them the best of all nations, gave them the blessing of his own presence. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Spare no gifts. Why? Because he wants them to be representatives of his character. Mm. And it is that same motivation that caused him to eliminate all the other ites, Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that the longer evil persists, the more, you know, like Sebastian already said, the, the more wicked it will become, the yes. more evil it will become. There was a time in my experience as a little boy when I remember being upset at God, like, what if Satan repents? You know what if at the very last day Satan decides like <laughs> i messed up i 'm sorry death bed, you know, turn is he god 's not going to save him like it 's so so final that God is going to kill Satan. Until I've experienced life, right, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, why doesn't he take him out right now, right? <laughs> why doesn't he take him out right now? Once we have been touched, it's
0: kind of a no-win scenario for God, like, yeah. you're either like take more time yeah. or do it right now. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yep. and, and
2: and and once we've experienced what uh, what evil does in a personal way, yeah. then immediately we want God to respond immediately right now because we don't care about and this is the beauty of God is you do not understand my character you need you yes. you yourself the world the person which is victimizing and the victim yes. both need more time to understand the character of God mm-hmm.
3: one, one more thing about that uh, you know, in, in, from the light of the Canaanites and all the otherites uh, it's, it's something that you know even their destruction is an act of mercy why because they have crossed the line where they in their character formation where they cannot repent anymore. They've just gone too far. And God is saying, you know, because their lifestyle is hurting themselves and others, mm-hmm. and they might not see it that way or realize it, but by the fact that He terminates their life and ends their life, and even in the judgment in the end times, the destruction of the wicked is in a way an act of mercy because they don't have to suffer their own sins anymore. Right. And no one else has to be affected by it anymore. Mm. I,
4: would, I would actually even push back a little bit and say that they do know Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think about my, my true, third daughter, in a way. uh, Marari, I remember confronting her in a mistake. And I said, you know, Mari, why are you doing that? You know, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do that. And she's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, and why are you doing that? And she just broke down and started crying and said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you're just looking at her like, uh, you can't be upset, right? Because you're like she's struggling. Mm -hmm. And the recognition is that sometimes it is God putting people out of their misery, Mm -hmm. right? We can get into such a pattern of evil and wickedness and self-destructive habits Mm -hmm. that it's merciful for God to destroy us because it's like, I can't stop myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to recognize that even the wicked, even Satan, right? They know I've gotten to a place where there's nothing Jesus could show me Mm -hmm. to convince me to go back. For some reason, I just cannot make that change Mm -hmm. in that turnaround. And I think it is suffering for them to know that, Mm -hmm. that I will never experience eternal bliss. I will never go to that land of the blessed, right? And the beloved, I'm never gonna be able to get to that point of surrender Mm -hmm. and God puts them to sleep. Mm
0: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I I heard a uh, radio presentation on apologies. And in in this cancel culture that we live in, everybody is, I'm upset uh, upset about this. I'm going to go to social media. I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to cancel you. Uh, We thank you so much for your comments and your emails. You guys have been so (laughs) kind and uh, so wonderful. Don't cancel us, please. (laughs) And then so this person is saying, how do companies deal with this? And so companies, they said, it's actually the timing of it can be a no-win scenario for companies. Mm-hmm. That if you apologize too quickly, it comes up as being too insincere, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. you said it this way. Oh, we're sorry. We'll never do that again. Well, that was like a one-second timing. That you, You've had no time to process. And then if you actually take too long, then it's like, you, 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 what are you doing? You're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And they said only one phrase allowed it to happen was, it's under investigation, and we'll get back to you. And we are currently under investigation, and God will get back to us. Mm-hmm. This is the end of our conversation. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.